Welcome to The Elixir, a podcast delivering a cure for common ideas about self-care. I am Amanda Meisen, founder of North Medical Spa and your host. Join me as I chat with friends and founders, healers and doctors, big thinkers and risk takers about innovative and misunderstood ideas in the world of self-care. Every thought you have releases a, a chemical concoction in our body. People think that it just happens. You're supposed to age, and this is how I age. That's not at all true. You're aging at the rate you are because of the choices you made. What's really helpful is recalibration of your nervous system on a moment-by-moment basis. We're really interested in what we call micro-strategies. Our chats will be off the cuff and uncensored. We will go beyond the surface to uncover the secrets, the elixir to feeling great in your own skin. What if you stop? What if you slow down? Let's ask that 20% what they did right. These topics are meant to make you think, to provide new ideas, unique perspectives, and to break down barriers in taking care of the whole self. If you're feeling burnt out Mm -hmm. or, or you are experiencing burnout, you likely don't have the ability to even be aware of needing to take the step. Imagine if you're able to store a resource for yourself that has an age for the past two, five, 10 years. Get to know us more by visiting northmedicalspa.com. Thanks for listening to The Elixir. We hope you feel great today. Caleb, I'm so excited that you are here and uh, joining us on an episode of The Elixir. Thank you for thank you for coming out to Oakville. I am so excited to be here. What a beautiful space. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I think we should cut right to the chase and dig into who you are, um, a bit about your story, and some of the work that you're doing. I love to talk about myself, obviously. A while ago I did, well, a few years now, I did a theater show called The Me Show, because essentially isn't that what most one people shows are all about. Um, So I do theater, I um, do storytelling um, in drag, which is kind of one of the big things that's blowing up right now. I'm a part of Faye and Fluffy Storytime. And last summer we shot a television show for preschoolers. We did 26 11-minute episodes for the Family Channel. And so those are airing right now, and it's very exciting. It's called The Fabulous Show with Faye and Fluffy. I also do talks for businesses, schools, uh, parent groups about creating inclusive and diverse spaces, um, specifically from the viewpoint of uh, a trans person. Uh, As I'm trans and I negotiate the world with that lens, but I also work really hard to kind of talk about other people in my community. I try and talk about the more marginalized members of our community because they very much recognize that as a white kind of maskish person, I definitely have a privilege as I walk through the world. And so I always want to kind of not just protect, but uh, encourage and um, hopefully keep members of our community thriving, which is really big. So as we see in the world, uh, there is a lot of children that don't have that opportunity to be themselves and to find out who they are and, you know, figure it out like a lot of us do. And a lot of us do that regardless of gender. You know, I mean, I don't know if you ever went through some questionable clothing periods in your views, (laughs) but if we were all still wearing, you know, big pants or like goth outfits without changing, uh, the world would be a much different place. And so if we're not allowing kids and, and teens and also adults to explore gender in those same ways and kind of find out what fits, then uh, it doesn't allow people to find out who their authentic selves are. Mm-hmm. And also acknowledging that that self might change. 
Yeah, I mean, I think uh, before I dig into how how this conversation relates to North and to, to the beauty industry, I'd love to touch on, you know, that last idea or truth um, in that, you know, with Gen Z, I'm the mother of a Gen Z child. Mm-hmm. And if we look at the way that demographic is forming and growing, it's uh, to me really exciting and really beautiful. It's, I mean... I will acknowledge that we live in a city that's really beautiful and accepting of all types of humans for the most part. Um, But 56% of Gen Z will not identify with a male or female pronoun. Uh, And I think that looking at the the fluidity of sexuality and, you know, living outside the binary is like really, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm, I'm for some reason really connected to needing to help in any way that I can. And if that means having conversation with people who are living the experience um, and also helping in our business, um, I will. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And I wish that everybody thought that way. I wish that people were excited about the way things are moving and not just going, I don't understand this. This is weird. Kids today are weird. Like, what is this? What what does no gender mean? Because as soon as we come out of whatever, you know, body part we happen to come out of, whether it's, you know, uh, what kind of birth they have, we're assigned a gender. And we see this, we're assigned our genders before we're even born. Mm -hmm. Um, And we see this a lot with gender reveal parties, which... Yeah, I've all, I've chosen my friends widely, wisely because yeah. I've never been invited to a gender reveal party. So. Yeah, and I get that people want to celebrate their pregnancies in different ways. However, a gender reveal is literally you are celebrating the genitalia of a baby. <laughs> you are announcing to the world that your baby might have a penis. <laughs> Except in reality, we know that it's not as simple as that. No, and and we need to break down what that means. Why are you? Why are we seeing these videos of adult men having tantrums because? a pink bomb explodes instead of a blue one. Like, are we, are we losing the fact that this man wanted to throw a ball with their kid? Are we losing the fact that they're envisioning walking their daughter down the aisle? All these things about expectations, but you literally never know what your kid's going to be interested in. So why we're celebrating these expectations that our kids most likely aren't going to meet. It just doesn't make sense to me. There's so many other things to celebrate. Like celebrate that child, celebrate this life and and celebrate the journey that you're about to go on. Celebrate their zodiac sign, celebrate your chosen family, celebrate their God or guide parents. There's so many different things other than what you're expecting their diaper to be. Yeah. Because you envision then, uh, what about, you know, intersex kids? There's definitely going to be some expectations that might not happen. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it's because you're worried about their safety. Maybe you're like, well, if I have a a child who's queer, life is going to be harder for them. And so if you already know that life in the world is going to be harder for them, wouldn't you want your home to be the safe space for them? Mm -hmm. You want that place to be the place where they can feel comfortable, where they can, you know, cry about their day, where they can celebrate their day Mm -hmm. and not your place being the place where they feel the most anxious or they feel the most unheard or you know, have the most struggles or, you know, essentially some cases being removed from that home mm-hmm. just because of who they love or who they are. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a little wild. bit overwhelming it, to me. It's uh, hugely overwhelming to yeah. me. So, um, and I think, you know, if I can segue into the, the connection to North Medical, we, um, 
we support the trans community in gender affirming treatments um, in any way we can. Sometimes we know that people are trans and sometimes we don't and it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, we're there to um, just to make people feel good generally. Um, but I'm wondering if you can speak to maybe your own experience or the experience of the community and in what that journey might look like and what some of the barriers are around um, you know, gender affirming treatments. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, also, sorry to interrupt. People might not even know what gender affirming treatments are, so maybe you absolutely. can explain that. <laughs> Let's start with those because yeah, yeah. I find it really interesting because yeah. a lot of times people are so focused on um, what's in your pants, yeah, and it's like that's what makes you a man or a woman, and it is so far beyond that. And so that's also um, a gatekeeping way to say, well, you are man enough or woman enough if. X, Y, and Z. And um, so coming into spaces uh, to seek treatments can be really stressful, can be a lot of anxiety. It can be down to when I look on your website, do I see myself? Do it, does it look like a safe space? Am I asked for you know, pronouns? Am I asked for my legal ID when I enter those spaces? Um, so, you know, in a big picture, some of the main surgeries that people know about are for trans men, um, are known as, you know, removing breasts, which is uh, usually called a double mastectomy. Um, in some cases, if somebody is small enough, then they can do another procedure that doesn't involve such big scars. Um, due to testosterone use, um, a lot of people will seek out um, getting a full hysterectomy, and that's because there is a greater chance of cervical cancer, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, and then, but in every case, those surgeries don't make somebody trans. Um, so some people will identify as male or female or non-binary and will access uh, medical interventions or not. Mm -hmm. So somebody coming to you and saying, you know, uh, you know, this is my pronouns. Um, this is what I want to be called. They might not want to be on hormones. Mm -hmm. So there's also yeah. a completely valid choice to not seek these things out. Yes. Um, but I think what's important in terms of North Medical is the, the other kinds of surgeries that people don't acknowledge as being as important, um, such as, you know, whether it's, you know, accentuating a, a jawline for mm -hmm. trans men is something that a lot of people seek we out. We do a lot of that, yeah. Um, there's ways no, to... No, sorry, not surgery. We don't yes. do surgery in our clinic, obviously. But, but, but yeah. that's, you know, a little filler. filler yeah. Or uh, a lot of kind of trans men might be self-conscious about the, their hips. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes hormones will shift your body. Um, but some people still have big hips that they might feel insecure about. Mm -hmm. um, for trans women or people on the more trans feminine side, um, there's, you know, whether it's cheeks, whether it's noses, whether it's uh, shaving an Adam's apple. And again, some things you do here and some Laser things we don't. Laser hair removal is big for us. Laser yeah. hair removal mm -hmm. is huge. Especially on the face, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the kind of thing that, you know, people might not think is such a big deal. Like, yeah. what, what is a little lump? on your throat. But when that person looks in the mirror every day, you are seeing those parts of yourself that are the most uncomfortable that you know kind of don't really belong. Mm -hmm. And when we look outside at the world of say, cis women, you see women of all sizes. You see women of all shapes. You see different hairstyles. You see everything. But then sometimes trans people are put into these boxes of like, if you are a trans woman, you have to want to be feminine. Um, you have to want to have long hair and you have to want breasts and you have to want these things, which is setting up a whole nother scale of importance for the, for some people when not everybody's like that. 
The thing that I find find uh, comical is that Swiss women have been altering their bodies for decades, centuries, forever. We've been altering our bodies, adding boobs and and adding lips and adding cheeks. But the minute a trans person wants to do something, it's seen as taboo or or uh, you know inhumane or whatever yeah. word you want to call it. That's awful and terrible out there. You know, it's just like. It's such a double standard that I will never understand. Yeah, and there's also the hoops that trans people have to go through. Mm-hmm. So somebody can walk in the door and get a breast augmentation, whereas a trans person might have to get a therapist and go to therapy for a certain number of months. Sometimes you have to have lived experience, and thankfully this is happening less, mm-hmm. but sometimes they would ask somebody to have lived experience as, say, a, a woman before they're allowed to access the things that will make them feel comfortable. So there are people are being sent out into the world, you know, with things that, you know, don't feel comfortable to them yeah. and put in these insecure places. But uh, the difference that I, because I do think about this a lot of, you know, why are cis people allowed access and trans people have such gatekeeping and stuff. And there is that factor, but there's also a factor of um, that a lot of trans people have a lot less access to housing. They have a lot less access to gainful employment. So even if they do have access to be able to walk in the door and get those surgeries or uh, procedures, there are so many other things that are blocking that. Just even from an affordability standpoint. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, well, of course I'd love to have this happen, but I need to worry about where I'm going to live because I have a transphobic landlord or my roommates Mm. are being cruel or I can't find employment in my line of work because now that I'm trans, I'm not welcome in that community. And that happens so much. So there's so many bigger things uh, that are happening and sometimes in someone's world. I don't know if you've ever had uh, like laser hair removal. A lot of people have, whether they're cis or trans. Mm -hmm. That is painful. I mean, we have a really good machine, so it's a lot less painful, but it can be. I mean, the face is, it's sensitive, but we have, we, we, we do have a really good machine. Good. And it's so thankful (laughs) to hear that things are progressing because that is something that, you know, imagine if, I mean, I personally take a month to grow a bit of facial hair, whereas there might be a trans woman that, you know, will have a five o'clock shadow by the end of the day and just the anxiety mm-hmm. of, of being clocked in public. And it's a safety issue. It's yeah. not just, oh, I you know I got called ma'am at 7-Eleven last week. Mm-hmm. It's not just about me feeling like, well, that's weird. It's about maybe the person behind me saw that, heard that, saw me, and then I might have a problem outside. Right. You know, because people feeling like, oh, I've been tricked. Like I'm Mm. trying to trick somebody just by living my life. Mm. But it's so strange to me how we've gone from history, talking about history of cis people accessing procedures. Historically, in so many cultures, trans and gender nonconforming people were celebrated and honored. Yeah. And how we've gone from there to here where trans women, especially black trans women and trans women of color, are the most brutally, horrendously like terrorized and assaulted and killed people in our communities that we've gone from this place of celebration and worship to like they don't deserve to exist on our planet. And it's heartbreaking to me. It, like trans people like anybody have so much to offer mm-hmm. our communities and our, our worlds and the fact that just because of who they are, you know, they're looked upon, we are looked upon as 
scary or disgusting. The no, amount of times I, I, yeah, I've been I called think, disgusting yeah, just for being who I yeah. am. No, I will. Well, Excuse me. I think you're fabulous. <laughs> personally, but, um, yeah, I, I would, I would love to thank you for sharing. Firstly, yeah. I appreciate it. Um, I have no experience as a trans person, but I feel deeply and, um, I'm grateful for the share. Um, what, what are things in your experience that make a gender affirming space that make you feel safe? I really uh, think that paperwork is a big one. Mm-hmm. Like when I look at a form. The medical system is flawed and oh, we are yeah. attached to medical. Like we don't even yeah. have the option sometimes to say it. Like yeah. it's just, yeah, it's a problem. I was literally going to say, if the government is going to say, okay, you can have an X on your passport. But then I go to the hospital and they're like, that's not possible. You mm-hmm. have to be a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, just to access, you know, sometimes life-saving yeah. care you have to pick one. Yeah. So yes, some things haven't quite caught up. But when I come in, you know, even if legally you need things in a certain way, if you can say, um, you know, what name should we use? Mm-hmm. And language is also changing because previously, I mean, a few years ago, we would say preferred name or preferred pronouns. Yes. Uh, so we're getting rid of those. Because, I have learned that. Yeah. My name yeah. is Caleb. Mm-hmm. It's not a preferred name. It's my name. Yes. And, you know, my pronouns are he, him. And again... They're not preferred. Well, they're preferred because they are what I am. Yes. And so, so being able to even informally allow people to fill out those forms and and alert you to, you know, these are the pronouns that I'd like to use. Um, giving staff um, workshops and training in, um, you know, diversity and inclusivity. Um, I always look at advertisements and I've spoken to places like banks and you know, other businesses. And I say, I look at your ads. I look at those billboards and I clock if there are any, you know, people of color, how many black people are in those? Do I ever see any indigenous people? Do I ever see gender nonconforming people or people that are visibly queer or trans? And I know that when I see those, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. It's exciting to see ourselves represented. Mm -hmm. And that happens with cis people, you know, maybe you have a certain career that you're like, Ooh, this person on my favorite show has the same job as me. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it's like those we exist yes. in media. And that's slowly changing, which can be a great thing. So it is just about, you know, at the baseline, which is what every business should want to do, is treat everybody with respect. Yes. No matter who they are. Yes. You know, businesses want money. Yes. And businesses want customers to come back and to feel safe and to feel good about themselves. Uh, At the root cause, that's all we want. Exactly. Just come in here and feel good. Yeah. And so by doing things like this, you know, it allows uh, your audiences to kind of get a bigger picture of different people in their community. Mm -hmm. Because as we talk about with kids and the work that we do on the show, we are not making things up. You know, there's not a lot more non-binary and trans kids because they are learning what that is. There's more trans and non-binary kids because they're having the language for it, mm-hmm. how they feel. Yeah. Um, they're seeing the inequalities out there in the world and saying, well, why would I want to conform to these inequalities when those are dated? Mm-hmm. And so it's about, you know, celebrating those differences in everybody. And uh, there was a, you know, a image going around recently of we don't want to create more trans kids. We want to create alive trans adults. And because that is where we're missing that step. Mm. And so now as allies, and while I am trans, I do also consider myself to be an ally, um, is that we don't just want to accept people. 
Like that's baseline. Baseline. Except I accept that you exist. Yeah. People are still like trans people don't exist. Well, what what am I? Like am I a unicorn? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Kind of a little bit. A little bit though, right? <laughs> but it's like, you know, let's get past us existing. Now how can we support trans people in thriving mm-hmm. and surviving? Yes. And so if you see a GoFundMe because so many trans people now are having to use those, whether you see mutual aid going around, if you are in a place of privilege, what is five bucks to you? Mm-hmm. What is five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks even? Whereas to somebody else, you are helping literally save lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 20 bucks is gonna help them get food that day. That is gonna allow them to access their hormones that week that maybe they've had to skip. Mm-hmm. Um, so all those little things about recognizing our own privileges Uh, whether we are straight, cis, queer, white, all of those things. It's recognizing where we are and how we can uplift others. Yeah. Yes. Yes to all of it. Let's do all of those things. Um, I would like to, you mentioned unicorn. Um, I, I think that the work that you're doing on all levels is crucially, fundamentally so important and a gift, really. Um, if we can talk a bit about the brunch time, st- uh, the breakfast storytelling, or the, yeah. what is it called? Our breakfast? drag story time. Drag story time. I've yeah. taken my kids. Yeah. I, I think I said breakfast because like we went for brunch and then right. went to storytelling. So in my mind, I'm yeah. like, it's brunch. But it felt well, like brunch. It felt like, like a party. Drag brunches are huge. Yes. And no matter what city you're That's in. That's not what it was. They're but. probably drag brunches. <laughs> yes. Um, but the argument is against what we do is that drag is not for children. Oh, oh, it was um, the most amazing experience. It was so fun. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are afraid of what they don't know. Mm-hmm. So we have gone to small towns everywhere. We have sometimes the libraries will tell us we've had some pushback. Mm-hmm. Sometimes libraries tell us, you know, somebody contacted us and said, um, my tax dollars shouldn't go to this. I wouldn't want to walk into a public space and see this. And sometimes those libraries have said, come and join us. Why don't you see what it's about? And then you can Mm -hmm. make your opinion. And we did one where there was an older woman who came by herself, um, sat, watched our story time. And our story time is reading stories and singing songs. Yeah, it's so fun. And telling some jokes. Child appropriate jokes. Yes. We, you know, we dress in ways that are fun and colorful and sparkly. Um, so I, I'm not sure what part of that is not for children. Mm-hmm. Like, we are not attaching sexuality to what we do. It is the people that are against us that are saying that's sexual. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why? <laughs> why? Why are two people reading stories to kids sexual? It is absolutely not. But this woman came, watched the story time, clapped along, smiled, enjoyed it, and at the end, you know, said to the librarian... You know, I had contacted you and um, this was wonderful. Mm. And I wish that I had my grandkids here. Yeah. And we see everybody in our story times. We see parents and grandparents. We see dads come alone. We see aunts and uncles bringing their nibblings. And so there's so many people that get to come and enjoy it. And it is such a beautiful thing. We did one for the first time just the other day, our first in-person story time since the pandemic. And afterwards... We had, you know, a, a parent come up with, with two kids and they had written stories. And so we blew their minds by we read their story to Aww. them. And then we had another kid come up who, you know, was wearing an adorable little dress, 
over top of their jeans and t-shirts and had some eyeliner on and, you know, short spiked hair and was just so full of joy in chatting with us and, you know, wanted pictures. And, you know, we, we sent them off and the mom has already contacted us um, because this mom is supportive and yeah. is like, well, this is my kid. My kid wants to do this. Yeah. Why not? I mean, I didn't want to wear dresses when I was a kid. Like, try and shove me into one of those and <laughs> I'd be kicking and screaming. Yeah. And that could happen no matter what gender a kid is. And then afterwards, we were talking to the librarians and one of them approached us and just said, thank you so much for doing this. I didn't have this when I was growing up. Instantly, we're already in tears because she started telling us about her family isn't accepting of her. Mm. And so seeing this and seeing these kids that are getting the opportunity to recognize difference and celebrate difference Mm -hmm. is such an impact on people beyond like this is a fun time yeah so um where can people find um the story time like where 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 can they find what you do and how to access you um so on my website is calebrobertson.ca i use my instagram a lot which is uncle underscore caleb um but the fey and fluffy stuff we have our instagram Uh, We also have an Instagram for The Fabulous Show. And the show is available on Family Junior. Uh, Every Sunday, there's two episodes. And that's going to continue because there's 26 of them. uh, And they're going to keep showing those. Um, As well as it's on Amazon Prime. Oh, Um, amazing. So you have to get a family TV subscription, which is free for the first month. You can go. They're only 11-minute episodes. So you can go check those out. And I'm blown away by what we got to talk about. So it's, you know, the two of us, we have kids every day. We do things like a whole episode about racism, whole episode about disability, but they're also, those things are integrated into every show. So we do have ones about, you know, with an indigenous um, activist, we're talking about water and, and accessible water to indigenous communities, you know, having a, a banga dancer and a mariachi band and all these kinds of things. But it's also so fun. We have a puppet crew that hangs out with us. And we do a segment with the puppets on equity versus equality. Hmm. So teaching kids and us and adults that, you know, sure, equality is everybody gets the same thing. But everybody didn't get what they need. So if we're talking about food, in this case it was cupcakes, we all got the same cupcake, but one person hadn't had breakfast and they were still hungry. So that's not equity. So we want to balance those things out. And these little lessons are just so incredible. I still watch it and I have teared up. I've showed it to friends who have cried because they're like, this is amazing that this is available to kids. Well, I'm I'm so glad we get to to shout it and share it um, <laughs> with our with our people and to grow. Hopefully, uh, you know, trans the trans community sees North and sees us as a safe space and um, and a welcoming space for all humans. Yeah. Um, and well, even hosting things like this is how you're showing it is. Mm-hmm. And we say that to libraries when we go to small towns. Um, Every community has LGBTQ people in it, Mm -hmm. whether you know it or not. And even if they don't come out to a story time, by you hosting something like this, you're showing that your space is a safe space. So by just doing things like this, you are instantly showing the members of your community, and then we can spread it to other members of the trans community that this is a safe space to come to. And again, feel accepted, 
uh, feel heard. And feel good. Feel look good. Yeah. And at the end of the day, everybody wants <laughs> everybody to look wants good. Everybody wants to look good. Anyways. Well, thank you so much, Kayla, <laughs> for your time today. I learned so much. And uh, I'm so grateful that you're a part of the North Familia. We'll I'm so soon. happy to be a part of this, a family. <laughs> but thank you so much. And, you know, I really appreciate the opportunity to chat. Get to know us more by visiting northmedicalspa.com. Thanks for listening to The Elixir. We hope you feel great today.